Hello and welcome to Raise the Room podcast. I'm your host, Danica. Here at Raise the Room, we are trying to consciously raise our kids, re-raise ourselves, and by doing so, raise the vibe of any room we walk into simply with our authenticity. Now let's get to it. Hello, I am excited for you to listen to today's interview. It's my first ever interview that I've conducted and it is a generator highlight. So on the podcast today, we have Dan Edwards, also known as Dano. He is a successful realtor in the lower mainland of British Columbia. He is a longtime friend of mine and we discuss basically how aligned he is with his design. Um, We discuss how his design has played out in his life, his early mornings that he has, his job, how everything happens for a reason, the role his mother played, some rapid fire, and more. It's a really fun interview. It went on way longer than I thought it was going to. Um, It's a good learning curve for me to keep track of time next time. (laughs) I think I got carried away talking to an old friend. But essentially, I think there's so much to glean from this episode, listening to Dan as he is so in tune with his sacral generator-ness and just how aligned he is naturally by trusting himself and having been on a journey to kind of learn from his own mistakes and understand who he is. It's really cool to hear about how his life lines up with his human design so that you can take away some practical understandings of what it looks like to consciously be aware of your design, but also just be in flow with yourself. Before we jump into the episode, however, I do want to issue a small correction. There's one moment in the podcast where I say that generators are not allowed to rest unless they use up their energy. It's a very quick passing comment, but if you're new to human design, I really want to be clear that that's not what I meant. (laughs) What I mean is that it's difficult for generators to rest, to go to bed, whether it's bedtime or nap time, maybe for kids, if they haven't used their energy bountiful energy that they have in a satisfying way beforehand. You wake up as a generator with a full battery and you're meant to drain it before it's time to rest. And so Dan being well-versed in his design, he knows what I was referring to, but I definitely don't want people who are new to human design to think like there's some weird rule about not being able to rest um, because you haven't like worked hard enough. And the key to utilizing your energy is about feeling satisfied about it. It's not just like, you know, mindlessly running laps in order to do so. You have to get that feeling of satisfaction for it to count, if you will, um, as energy used. I think that clarifies that. And in any case, I hope that you enjoy my first ever interview and more importantly, getting to know Dano. I'm really excited and honored to say that today's episode is sponsored by Van Isle Hairstyle, a hair care and accessory brand that promotes healthy hair and is home to the original zipper scrunchie and silk heatless curl set. Amanda, the founder of Van Isle Hairstyle, is the epitome of a manifester in human design. She was going for a run one day and didn't have anywhere to put her keys, so she followed her manifester urge when she got home and sewed herself the zipper scrunchie, and thus Van Isle Hairstyle was born. Beyond 
adorable accessories like clips, claws, and scrunchies, she now creates her own shampoo and conditioner, scalp scrub, and more. Her products are paraben, sulfate, silicone, and phthalate-free, cruelty-free, and vegan. I swear only a manifester would decide to make her own shampoo. You guys, the scalp scrub is an absolute must, and I also love her shampoo and conditioner. My hair feels so clean and silky after, and it smells really, really good. I can't finish this ad without talking about the Heatless Curl Set, however. This is a game changer for your hairstyle. Zero heat, and you have beautiful beachy curls that last all day. It's a regular in my routine. For Raise the Room listeners, Amanda has gifted you a 15% code to use on her website, vanislehairstyle.com. That's V-A-N-I-S-L-E-H-A-I-R-S-T-Y-L-E.com. Just use the code RTR15 to claim. That's RTR15. So let's raise the room with a good hair day. Thanks, Amanda. Dan, I'm so excited that you're here and you agreed to come on Raise the Room with me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Obviously, when you asked, it was a (laughs) no-brainer. I'm sure we're going to have fun over this period of time and um, maybe entertain the masses. I did a little intro about you already. So people have um, the premise. I don't know if I said in the intro because I haven't done it yet as I'm talking to you right now. Um, but we did date in high school. We met that through is- family <laughs> friends. We're just going to get it out. We're going to be transparent right from the get-go. I, I like it. Set, <laughs> set the dynamic so people know exactly where everything stands at this point on. And they'll probably be more engaged at this point, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, no secrets. Full transparency. It's- and we've uh- remained friends. And I love your wife. And I'm hoping to have her on at some point in time, too. So. Oh, I'm sure she'll be freaking stoked and she'll probably uh, try and rub in my face that she's going to be a better guest than me. So uh, I'm hoping I can tee this up. (laughs) So good. Um, Okay, well, Dan, today we're going to go over your human design, which you are well versed in because we've had a couple readings together. Um, But before we start with that, I would love for you to just sort of tell everybody who you are in your own words, even though I've said a little thing already. Who am I? Oh, um, I'm Dan Edwards. Dano, I prefer to go by. Um, it says Daniel on my business card for some reason, but I'm a realtor. Uh, father of one, three and a half year old named Huntley. Uh, I've got my wife, Holly, that you mentioned. I'm a big sports guy, 49ers, Canucks. Uh, I like to work out despite getting old and now dealing with knee pain and the back pain and that kind of stuff so essentially despite my busy schedule I try to fit all that in and try to be social at the same time but as other 30 late 30 year olds can relate to there's just not enough time to do everything you want to do in life but in a nutshell realtor husband father (laughs) yeah I love it and you know generators you're the ones who do pretty much get to pack in the most. So I feel like um, those are a lot of really good hobbies that you probably are squeezing in more than the average human. Fair. Yeah. (laughs) Getting up early helps. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. We will get to that for sure. So 
Dan is what you would call a four, six sacral generator. And my intention today is to kind of walk through each of those pieces so that you, the listener can understand what that means and hear Dan's sort of real life example or living of his design, because I chose Dan as my generator highlight, my first generator highlight, because he is so aligned to his design. And I remember when we did our session, Dan, I was just like, the way you would explain your life, your stories, your rhythms, your behaviors, I was just like, you are explaining what the textbook says about generators. It's so, was such a crazy match that it stuck with me. Um, so I'm excited to kind of talk about that today. Sorry, before we get into it, I'm going to explain what generator is for people who maybe don't know. Generators make up about 35, I think, percent of the population. And in a nutshell, our world is kind of made for you because you're good at sort of the hustle and grind culture. You're good at having a full tank of energy, especially for the things that you love. You wake up, you're ready to go, and you're meant to use your energy in satisfying ways, basically until bedtime. You're not allowed to really rest unless you feel like you've done something with your day. When you're around a generator who is doing something that they love, the people feel that like you raise the energy of a room. You actually do raise the room as a generator. So it's really special when you are around a generator who um, who's in their joy because you feel it. Yeah, I was I was going to say, like, uh, I remember when we we're going over it the first time you're doing my human design and like everything you were saying, I was like, yeah, 100 <laughs> percent to what I do. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it was like so spot on. And like you're saying kind of how I was presenting my life or how we were discussing kind of his line with that. And then since then I've kind of, you know, not fully every day kind of think about it, but here and there, I think about how like I am truly kind of living in that same kind of alignment of kind of my human design and correlating the two has been kind of uh, just makes you more in tuned and aware of kind of what you're doing in a day. Yeah, definitely. It's like it brings out this awareness where you're going, oh, yeah, that is how I roll. I already knew this, but it completely validates almost how you're already doing something. Yeah. yeah. I would love for you to tell the people about your mornings because this is so generator of you. And I don't think all generators do this, but um, yeah. 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 Um... Typically every morning I'm waking up sometime between, I mean, it could be as early as 4.30, but I'm aiming typically for around 5 to 5.30. I get up, splash my face in cold water, kind of do my morning routine, brush the teeth, floss, moisturizer, go downstairs, create a fizz, read a book for a bit. I try to stretch and roll myself out. Um and kind of get myself prepped for the day while the house is quiet. So Holly's still sleeping, Huntley's still sleeping. Um, and I can kind of, you know, do the, it's so cheesy to say, but like the oxygen tank in the airplane, <sighs> get myself ready before I can get set for, you know, my family and my business and everything else like that. Um, and it's something that I've kind of really correlated over the past, I want to say six months or so and kind of, really see the benefits of kind of set myself up for the day and mm -hmm. being productive off the start. Um, so after I've kind of got that morning routine in, it's like pretty much into the work work day and 
grinding. And I always say to, um, to Holly that, uh, that portion of the day, that morning day is probably where my most creative juices are. Mm -hmm. Despite kind of using my energy throughout the day, it's like mentally my creative juices are peaking there. And then I'm physically unproductive throughout the rest of the day, I'd say. That's so cool that you're aware that it's almost like that's your most um, mentally stimulated time. So you're taking advantage of it and then it sets you up for success to kind of carry it all out the rest of the day. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And essentially, I guess it's like the classic lean into the strengths. So, Mm -hmm. and to be, I'm a big, big believer in like productivity or like maximizing my time and being efficient. And it's like, okay, if I know at this point in time, I'm the most creative, then I need to lean into that and do Mm -hmm. stuff that needs kind of more creative thinking. Or, you know, if I'm creating a website write up, for a, a listing or something like that. And I need to maybe get more creative with writing or have that kind of mental, um, I guess, stimulation or that mental task. Mm-hmm. I'm better to do it at that point in time in the day. It's also just practically such good structure for somebody who works for themselves. Yeah. that's the, And maybe that's like the other piece of it is that yeah. like getting that work in sooner than later is like, you know, takes off that, that stress of like I've got to work later on or I just like I mean Holly will attest to it but essentially I'm like if I have something to do I'm gonna try and get it done as soon as freaking possible like all the time I'm trying to tear through my to-do list Mm -hmm. um and that's where it's like starts at that portion of the day and just how my life is structured as a realtor it's you know not many people want to see properties at you know 7 a.m to 11 a.m on a on a weekday so that's where I do kind of more of that mental load. And then physically it's, you know, showings later on in the day and that kind of stuff. When Huntley's back from preschool, it's, you know, being active, tackling and doing whatever he wants to do (laughs) and that kind of side of things and running around and playing hide and go seek or whatever. But um, yeah. And it's, it's has been something that I've been more in tune with, I'd say over the past like four or five years, essentially Mm -hmm. since I almost became a, a realtor just shortly after kind of getting into my own rhythm. I love that. And can you share how, when you don't do that, say you're not the first one up, what's it like the rest of the day? What's your day like? (laughs) Tell me. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. um, It doesn't suck, obviously, but it's like, you You can say it sucks. You feel like you're, you have to play catch up. Like I, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like, okay, shit I didn't get this in like say if I slept in I'm like okay sweet I got bonus sleep but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm behind I didn't set myself up for the day and then I feel a little bit of a scramble and then it's like that's where the mental playing of like okay I gotta get catch caught up what am I gonna do to catch up am I still gonna implement things of my morning routine to kind of stay on track or am I just gonna scrap it get right to work and be productive from that side of things so as I'm kind of saying this, it just really kind of, it reiterates the fact that it's definitely more of a scramble mode. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so. and is, do you find it's mainly a mental turmoil or are you also like behaviorally acting out? <laughs> like, are you not as both. nice? Are you? Yeah. Both. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd say both for sure. And it's taking the joy out of it for you because for you being a realtor, is you being in your generator element, you kind of being lit up by it. You get 
joy out of so many aspects of the job, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And and sorry, that's just where if, you know, getting right to work is not necessarily a bad thing. And that almost like resets me back mm-hmm. onto like the track for the day. Yeah. That's so cool because, I mean, first of all, because we live in a society where we spend most of our time working, people think all the time about, I need to love my job. I want to love my job. I don't want my life to be spent doing something that I hate. And this happens for a large part of, I mean, so many people obviously out of necessity, but when you're in a situation where you're a generator and so much of your energy and well-being literally depends on you being able to fit in enough joy and enough things that you love into your life, when your workplace and your job isn't one of those things, it drains you. It sucks the life from you and it kills that sort of magnetic, sparkly generator energy that they have. And so I think it's just so neat that you found something that you like and is a match for kind of how you're designed. Yeah, like you nailed it. And in my you know, previous work life before becoming a realtor. Um, I would have to be at work for 4.30 in the morning for this particular job. Uh, that meant like waking up at 3.30. I'd still have, you know, 10-hour days or 12-hour days. And it was just like so exhausting. Yeah. And this was like before Holly and I got married, before Huntley came along. And like I would e- even come home and say to Holly, it was like, how like when we have a kid am I gonna have enough energy to come home work out mm-hmm. and and still be a good dad mm-hmm. and and that's where like at that point Holly knew I'd always wanted to become a realtor and she's like you should just chase the dream like go yeah. go do it like before we get married before we have a kid like mm-hmm. now's the time uh so long story short went got the license did all that obviously um And it's like, I'll work a 12 hour, 14 hour day or, you know, 10 hour day, still work out, still make time for Huntley and do all that stuff. And it's like, I'm way more energized. Yeah. Like stuff does not necessarily drain me. I can go, go have like a six hour sleep and still be fine for the next day to like kind of wash, rinse, repeat. I do hit a point though, every four or five days where it's like, I just need a nap, you know, like I just need a solid nap because I'm starting to get grouchy and I just need like little bit of recharge yeah you're allowed that's okay you're getting old so (laughs) (laughs) it's just like yeah i'm soon gonna need like a recliner with like a (laughs) set nap time at like three o'clock where after i've iced my my knee and back i can you know knock knock about 30 minutes of z's to get myself back on track for the rest of the day yeah and you're drinking decaf and you know I know that's so but that's such a good example because the timing of your old job didn't really change very much how much it was asking of you doesn't sound like it was that different I'm sure it's really different but doesn't sound that crazy different and yet when you're doing something that you love is that you love as a generator your energy refuels it recharges and you get more energy to just keep going it's literally energizer bunny vibes (laughs) totally it's like adding like fuel to the flame and it's like you know once you're kind of in it it's like you want to keep adding you know more fuel to keep that flame going and just yeah yeah i can't relate as a projector i wish i could (laughs) 
<laughs> my <laughs> flame fizzles. Like I, it, it. There's nothing that I that I could do to like keep things going for that long. I, I have to really, as a projector, and for anybody that's listening, if you're a projector or manifester or reflector, you have to go with the ebbs and flows. You will be like generator buzzing for a while, but eventually you'll come down and it's hard because our society and world is much more accepting of sort of the generator trajectory and like profile in that way. But the most or like the best optimization I've gotten is leaning into the ebb and flow is giving myself rest when I need to. And, you know, it's not that generators don't need it. Like you said, sometimes after the fourth or fifth day, you need your nap and it's good to know. It's just like, I hit that midday. Yeah. <laughs> <Every day. laughs> I was just going to ask like, okay, like, you know, maybe it's like one day, two day, or like, you know, I don't, yeah. what is it like, but midday, that's crazy. And it's like, what do you do to kind of reset yourself for the rest of the day at that point? It's really, as a parent, it's really, really hard because you just don't always, I don't get to, I don't get to go with my rhythms, you know, and my kids are generators like you. So, um, it like I'm secondary in that way. And so I try as best I can to conserve, you know, like I always joke, I'm like, I'm the sideline parent, they're playing and I'm just sitting there, you know, but it's <laughs> self- <laughs> I'm like, woo, go cheerleader. Okay. (laughs) Self-preservation at its finest. But, you know, and it's something that I always used to struggle with. Um, But now that I know that about myself, it's just like, okay, whatever. Like, I need my rest. No big deal. Totally. And I think that's like the biggest benefit to the human design. And then even as like, you're saying that with the kids and it's like, I'm thinking too, it's like, it's nice say if like your partner also knows your human design and Mm -hmm. knows like okay I know at this point like they need that rest yeah this is why they're acting that way or you know and then can therefore make your life easier to deal with and it's almost like a way of communication without actually communicating it's just kind of helping being more in tune yeah just a deeper deeper level of understanding for sure yeah yeah all right, we're going to go on to, because I think that really sort of highlights your generatorness. <laughs> I want to talk about you having what's called a sacral authority. So whenever you look up your chart online, who anybody that does, you can see your authority. Authority in human design is how we best make decisions. It's basically how your intuition operates. And you, as a generator, you have a sacral authority, which means your intuition operates through your gut feelings. Sacral authority is often pretty loud and it's in the moment. So it's like when something comes your way, you can feel physically something in your body that's either a yes feeling or physically something in your body that's a no feeling. And I remember sharing this with you and you were snickering the whole time because you were just like I know exactly what you're talking about you need like (laughs) the feeling that you get when you're like feeling like you want to say yes to whatever it is that's in front of you as opposed to when you don't it I remember you saying it felt like a very stark difference to you would you say that's true I'd say it's true I'd also say I can be a tad indecisive when it comes Mm. to say like my own personal decisions 
like not necessarily work related. That's easy to be decisive. But when it comes to my own personal decisions, sometimes it can be like a little bit of back and forth. But then I do know, like, if I'm really debating it, the answer is almost there because if, if it's a yes, then it's like a yes right away. And mm-hmm. I'm hyped about it. It's a no brainer. But if I have to stop and think about it, mm. chances are it's like 90% of the time it's a no. Yeah. You know, it's just for some reason I'm trying to justify why it should be a yes, if that makes sense. Yes. But that's where I lean into the intuition and just always remember that, you know, at the end of the day, the guts hasn't ever steered me wrong. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's the best thing to listen to as far yeah. as, you know, when it comes to the decision. So, but sometimes you never know, you're faced with some things that are, can be a hard decision or you're faced with like four different pairs of shoes to purchase or whatever the case is. And you're there kind of trying to weigh the pros and cons, but you yeah. know, it's that one that kind of caught your eye at the beginning. That is like the one that you want to kind of pursue or purchase, but for yeah. whatever reason, you're still weighing the pros and cons. I think that's so normal. Number one, like you're not a robot. So yes, you may have the feeling, but we're layered, you know, nuanced humans. It's not always clear right away, but I, I always say to um, people with sacral authority that still make the pros and cons list if you want. But at the end of the day, if you have a gut feeling that says no, even if your pros list is super long, the gut feeling is supposed to help you live in alignment with whatever is correct for you. And the same for the opposite, right? If your gut feeling say yes, but there's a big list of cons, it's like it's still in your sphere for some reason and feels like a yes for a reason. That's exactly it. And it's it's one of those things where another cheesy quote, but it's like, <laughs> if it's too good to be true, chances are that it is, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sometimes where like, when the gut wants to have that immediate, yes, like, yeah, you know, you're forcing your it. Exa- exactly. Right. And like one big thing that Holly and I have learned over, you know, we've been together for coming up on 10 years is like, don't ever force something. If you're getting signs that there's things that are like, it's just not working or it's harder to do. And it's just like, you're hitting the stump wall and like all those kinds of things. It's not to say quit, Mm -hmm. don't ever quit. But at the same time, it's like, don't force something because it might be not what you're destined to do or supposed to do. And like, that's like truly listening to your gut. Like, why am I hitting all these things? Like what Mm -hmm. is supposed to happen and trying to be in tune with that kind of, you know, living where some people will put their heads down and try to barrel through and that can never, sometimes it'll work out, but sometimes it's not going to necessarily be in your, your best interest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've definitely all done that in our lives, right? Like we've all had that experience. Yeah. I say yeah. it because we've done it and have <laughs> learned the hard way and now are like, no, if it's, if it's forcing, we know <laughs> that we shouldn't be going down this route. Yeah. So I say it from a place of experience, but it was Mm -hmm. definitely something I'd say we've learned over the past, say, five years versus, you know, the first five years. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because something about gut feelings is that they are loud. They are there and there for you to experience physically. And I'm always like jealous of generators for a number of reasons, but a sacral generator, especially because 
you are so primed to actually be spontaneous in your decision-making because you kind of have to wait for things to come your way and then react to them to see whether um, it feels like a yes or no. And I think as a realtor, it probably serves you so well to be able to have like good in the moment instincts. Totally. And like, I I was just like, as you're saying all that, I'm like, itching. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adaptability is essentially one of the biggest things that I say is like one of my strengths, but I guess Mm -hmm. it makes sense in the human design. And that's where you can kind of roll with the punches. You can kind of be spontaneous. And it's like, as a real estate agent, it's like, sometimes it's like, you'll think you have a free day and it's, you got a client who wants to write an offer or you've got to go do showings or someone wants to see a property or something pops up or whatever the case may be. And you've just got to adjust on the fly and make it happen. And as I mentioned before, I'm one of those guys that's like, if I have something to do, I want to get it done ASAP. uh, And I want to make sure that it's done right. And it's like, so all of a sudden now I have something on the list, I'm Mm -hmm. going to tackling that. But obviously, (laughs) also kind of trying to adapt through the day of trying to balance everything else. Yeah. Um, This is like a total sidetrack. But as you're talking, like, what is the craziest thing or like experience you've ever had with clients and like please I mean I'm not trying to get you in trouble here what's what's the story you have teed up do you have one crazy I've I've dealt with a lot of crazy different experiences I've had lots of really good clients like I haven't mm-hmm. had any kind of disastrous clients where I've got like horror stories or anything <laughs> like that but I do have like a good handful of like holy shit like yeah. stories um I'll give you one that I've got teed up off the bat that comes okay. to mind. It's, yeah. it's a good one. So me and a, a good friend of mine and his uh, girlfriend, they're looking to buy a townhouse in Langley. I set up the showing. And sometimes what we do is we get access to the property through lockbox. So they put a key in the lockbox. We get the key. We get to go to the house. And I show my clients the property. Sometimes the listing agent is there to show the property. If they can't make it or whatever the case may be, they'll leave the key there. So I set up the showing, realtor tells me, hey, it's confirmed, it's on lockbox. Okay, so we go there, I grab the key. I always knock on the door, obviously, because you just never know if people are home. Typically they leave the home five, 10 minutes at least before showing. Uh, knock on the door, nothing, okay, open up. And I always go, hello, hello. Yeah. Just, I Triple don't want to get spooked by <laughs> someone coming around the corner or you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, okay, let's go check out the garage first. And the garage, they had made like kind of a a den space or like a, you know, it's a tandem garage and they created a room at the back of the garage. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's go check out this room. (laughs) I open the door and what appears to be a dude looking at a computer screen and immediate, like in a, like, I don't want to get into details about yeah, it. but we're all there, though. We're with yeah. you. <laughs> and he essentially just, hey, oh, what's going on? I, I, and I'm closing the door at this point. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and so it's my buddy, his girlfriend, and girlfriend's mom. And I and I was like, sorry, we're just here for the showing. And he's like, right now? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but we can come back. Like, he's like, give me five minutes. And I was like, um, five okay. minutes, so, dude. So, all right. And like, or he's like, give me a couple minutes. And so 
we're like okay we'll just go upstairs like we'll go check out the rest of the place right we go upstairs and we're like and at this point it's like i'm like these people are not buying this property right i'm like I, you know it's a good buddy of mine i already know I'm like he's just like yo let's get out of here probably we go upstairs there's a full-on like smorgasbord meal set up on the dining room table i'm talking like wings like everything like it looked like it was prepped for like a family of eight to have dinner but the lights are off and nobody's around and it looks like a fresh meal and i'm like oh shit like did we book this showing during their dinner time like we could have came at a different time yeah and so we're just like this gets weirder by the minute and my buddy's (laughs) like is this out for us to sample so anyways we go upstairs and i start hearing people and i'm like what the hell I like and I'm on the stairwell and I turn down and I look at my buddies and I or I look at my buddy and I was like, What do you guys think? I think there's somebody up here. And they're like, Yeah, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> let's just get out of here. <laughs> so we leave. Needs to say realtor messaged me. He says, I'm so sorry. I for, I told them the wrong time. Um, they didn't know you were coming. So it's like despite knocking, ringing the doorbell, <laughs> yelling, but that's probably one of the craziest craziest stories i have on deck if you gave me some time to think about some more i could probably give you a whole podcast well i'm (laughs) you know and i've got questions because like um if you're entertaining and there's people at the buddies downstairs like pardon me (laughs) maybe he just wanted to enjoy his meal a little bit more relaxed oh my god like you just (laughs) (laughs) it's so strange because i didn't see anything but like it was very clear the sheer (laughs) panic in the man's voice (laughs) yeah like it was like oh my god and like my heart's going at that point i'm just like okay we'll go upstairs like and we'll go see the smorgasbord like what is going on in this place so yeah we didn't buy (laughs) that is so funny and just like it is a weird thing because you are being invited into people's homes like their lives you know and like you said you've taken every measure for it to not be weird and it could not have been weirder (laughs) yeah and and that's like it's essentially your goal as a realtor is to avoid that awkwardness and weirdness at every single showing and it's like it's almost a weird thing in general just going into other people's homes checking them out and all that kind of stuff um and it's not it's not like an invasion of privacy, but you want to be respectful for people's homes. So like when you're invading on the ultimate privacy act, it's <laughs> Yeah. It's and Dan's TikTok is so good too because he's got all these like weird things he sees at showings TikToks and there it's genius because there is some weird stuff out there. Yeah. Mix match of like DIY specials yeah. to like you know, rainbow penis-shaped water bottles just out on display to, like, you name it. It's out there in the world of real estate, and it's just like... Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, you've seen it all. Actually, yeah. and something else you you said that made me think about sort of the next part of your human design is because you are a 4-6, so a 4-6 um, in human design is your profile, the four signifies somebody who is really good at building deep relationships, very good at networking, also very aligned with your job. Um, and the people in your life that like are in your inner circle are very important to you and give you sort of your best life opportunities. And 
anybody that has a four in their profile and has their own business, like so much of their business comes just through their personal network. It's like one of the benefits of being a fourth line in human design. And you were saying you were showing for one of your best buddies, like how many of your clients sort of started out as just like your good friends and then were sent to you people now because of your good friends? Almost, I'd say probably about 80% of my business, if not more, is referral-based. Yeah. It's from people who've got to know me and then refer me to their friend. And yes, like we just, Actually, I message a couple of clients today, just randomly their story on Instagram or they're messaging my story. I can't remember, but I was just like, oh man, like I miss like hanging out with you guys. Like yeah. seeing properties. like I had a blast with you guys. Yeah. Like, I think I responded to the, my one client's like, um, they've got a baby and he was like talking on the thing. And I was like, oh, I miss, you know, yeah. whatever his name was. And I was like, oh, I miss him during the showings. Cause like he used to fart at like all these <laughs> showings that like, so we, that's how we knew it was like a no-go. So the one place that he didn't fart in was the one they bought oh my god so like you know just like things like that you get to like like I don't know and that's like honestly probably where I get the most satisfaction from my job like yeah it sounds like again maybe cliche or cheesy but it's like you know it's not necessarily about the pay everybody has to work for pay and realtors get very you know get paid very well but it's not about that to me it's about Mm -hmm. like helping people getting through difficult purchases, difficult, stressful decisions. And like, when I can like, like you say, like build those connections and like see their, their smiles at the end of the process or like get mm-hmm. them a place for a price. And it's like, they're stoked. And like, you've gone through showings, you've got to know them and like all this kind of stuff. And you can kind of get them that, like what they've been looking for or get them a W if you've sold their place for more than they thought or mm-hmm. anything like that. And you see how pumped they're like, that's genuinely like, that's the stuff that gives me goosebumps. And like, yeah. that's like what I love to show up for. That's and the generator like, buzz. Totally. And yeah. like, and it's just, I'm also a very kind of competitive guy. So it's like, I want to do the best job. And like, you know, kind of like, as I mentioned, I was into sports, but grew up playing sports and very still have that competitive drive. And it's just where I like, I want to be the best out there. And my motto is, you know, you take care of clients, they'll take care of you. So it's like, how can I show up? to be the best, you know, realtor for you. What can Mm -hmm. I do for you? So um, when you kind of click in your streamline and you know that they're, you know, really liking everything in the process. And a lot of time I get good feedback in it. You know, I blush during those moments where I'm like, you know, sometimes it's like hard to take good feedback, I guess. Like it's weird for me. You get bashful. Uh, Totally. And like. (laughs) He's bashful right now. (laughs) talking about being bashful. (laughs) I can see it in the camera. Totally. <laughs> and, but like, that's where like, that's what it's all about. Like a hundred, a hundred percent. And it's like, when you build those connections, it's like, that's stuff that like lasts a lifetime. And like, that's where I get like joy out of my job. You know, like you could be making good pay doing 12 hour job for a corporate company and be freaking drained mm-hmm. or, you know, or you could be energizing yourself through what you do in a day. And it's just finding what works for each individual to do that. Totally. Yeah. And it's so funny because even just two things you said when you were talking, first of all, as a fourth line, team sports are the jam, like, or any sort of community experience, whether like you're part of a theater company or you have some sort of little group that you have a hobby with. I mean, typically this happens with team sports, 
but um, it makes so much sense. And then also I was thinking about how realtors, obviously it's very much a referral based situation anyways. And so people might've heard that and been like, yeah, duh, every, you know, like all realtors work through referrals, but um, when you're a fourth line, it is meant for it to really work in your favor. It's like, it's heightened. Um, You probably get more referrals than say somebody who might not have a fourth line. Hey, whatever advantage yeah. you have, I'll take. <laughs> I'll take it. But and- like, it's it's honestly, I this is again maybe the bashfulness or humbleness, <laughs> and it's like I almost don't want to say it because, like, you know, yeah. I don't want to come across as like. He's a good realtor, person. everybody. Despite the fart I- example, he's a good realtor. Okay, <laughs> even even though he's bringing clients farting in your houses, um, he's good. <laughs> he's successful. I'm not talking to. <laughs> it, it it does feel like the law of attraction works mm-hmm. in my favor that mm-hmm. way. I, I do I do feel it honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Sometimes I feel like it's maybe extra powers working in my favor and you know looking out for me and kind yeah. of you know and to the further point it's like when you are aligned with what you're passionate about that's where the law of attraction starts working and it's like I had wanted to be a realtor since I was in high school but it took me till 30 to get there and it took me two tries essentially you know let's segue into that my friend because that's (laughs) the um six part of your pro profile oh, okay so wow, let's mosey on over let's just do that nicely so i don't have to segue by saying totally because i've already heard myself say it and i'm gonna have to try and edit it out like five times <laughs> well if it ha- like if it helps i haven't noticed that you said totally a lot but at the same time i would really love to hear like a dubbed over like different voice like not you no maybe get dare to say something yeah exactly <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll work we're, on it let's move on you know or something whatever <laughs> like yeah uh, mix it up okay so the next part of your profile is your four and a six and the six is really interesting because if you have a six line in human design it means you have a three-phased life zero to 30 30 to 50 and then 50 and beyond zero to 30 is what I was saying to you before we started the fuck around and find out phase, you have to learn through your mistakes. And so from zero to 30, you're kind of hitting a bunch of bumps in the road, self-inflicted bumps, essentially, that are meant to be learning opportunities. Six lines are actually born with an innate sense of wisdom from the get-go, but it's like that wisdom takes a back seat until you're 30. (laughs) And then when you're 30, it kind of all comes together and you've had a bunch of experiences. You've poured a lot outwards. You kind of try your hand at a bunch of different things when you're a six line from zero to 30. And then when you start closing in on 30, it's like you rein all of that in for yourself and you can actually start learning through observation, learning um, just by the understanding that you've built. You don't always have to like run into the fire to learn. And that's when a lot of people who have the sixth line, like their life really starts to come together, sometimes in a visible way, like, oh, you know, they they meet the person or they get the job. And sometimes more in an internal way where they're like, wow, I understand myself better than I ever, ever had. And I'm able to not self-sabotage or be so codependent or whatever it is. And it's interesting because on your second try, you became a realtor around 30, but you had already had a bump in a road with it earlier on. And I'd love for the listeners to hear about that. 
Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to say when you said 50 and beyond, I straight up went to Buzz Lightyear and was like 50 and beyond. Maybe that's what you turn into at 50. I'm hoping so. But <laughs> from zero to 30, like you nailed it with the fuck around and find <laughs> out. Like if there was ever that, I did. And you know, you learn so much about yourself during that time. You may not be knowing it, but you. Tr- when I was 19, I or even before that, I had always wanted to become a realtor. I don't know why. I was obsessed with houses. I liked looking at houses when I'd go for drives with my parents. We'd point out specific houses. We, you know, when I got older, I'd go for with drives with my buddies. We'd check out like areas with mansions and like all this different kind of stuff, and just was obsessed with it. And so when I was about 19, I was like, you know, I'm going to get my real estate license. Like, um, I, I think it's time, whatever. I'm halfway through the process and, you know, all everything I'm hearing is like, nobody's going to buy a house from a 19 year old. Like, you know, like, oh, nobody don't waste your time with that. Like, it's all commission based. Do you think you're going to make the money? Are you going to be able to afford the desk fees? Like, all those kind of stuff. And when you're 19, you're thinking like, oh shit, okay, like, I guess maybe not. Like people who have more experience in this life are telling me like, this is not going to happen for you, dude. Like, Mm. and at the time I was also in a job where I I thought I was making good money. It was like 35,000 a year. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go into real estate and like I can grow a career here or whatever. And I was working graveyard shift. So on and off. So life gets better, but I, I stopped, I stopped the course, um, you know, and I continued to work at grocery stores, went to BCIT, took marketing and sales, ended up becoming a sales rep for a food company uh, by when I was about 26, 25. Um, And just around that time is when I was about 26, I met Holly and we started dating, but also at that time I lived in a house with two of my buddies and it was very much a party house and like all that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, after I lived, we lived there for about a year and then Holly and I bought a condo and moved out, lived together. And after about a year or two of that, and I was working in the management job, waking up at three 30, four 30, coming home saying to her, like, I'd beat, like, I can't even work out. How am I going to be a dad? And that's when she was like, you should go and be a realtor and like go for the course and do all that kind of stuff. And my good buddy, uh, his brother-in-law was a realtor and he was like, yeah, man, if you want, like I'll, I'll connect you guys. Mm-hmm. He's like super successful. He like crushes it from what I know. Like he's good at marketing. Apparently they're good in the industry. So like, I can always connect you with them. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like frick, let's, let's do this. My wife's supporting me. I feel like this is like where I should be going. I've been kicking myself in the freaking ass mm-hmm. since I was 19. Every realtor I'd run into before then I'd be, jealous of because I'm like that should be me Mm. um I just pursued it but that was at 30 and honestly now I'm 30 or turning 37 I don't want to you know outdate myself I still got about (laughs) two three months here as a 36 year old but I look back at my 30s and it's like that's when everything just started falling into place got married had a kid career took off feel aligned in the career you know Mm. moving moving from a condo to a townhouse moving from a townhouse to a house like just bigger the all the big things that when I was growing up thought I would happen in my 20s happened in my 30s Mm -hmm. so it's like 
you know, and when I hear people like my sister uh, in law or like uh, a good friend on the team who's a little bit younger or all these people be like so concerned about like, you know, where they are in life and like, oh, I should be like here. I should be there. I'm like, you got your whole 20s to fuck around, <laughs> like <laughs> figure it out. And then just like when you have something cocked and loaded that you're passionate about, go for it, mm-hmm. you know, but like figure out what what that is and like what that looks like, because I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. I was told at 19, hey, you're not going to be able to buy real estate. And for whatever reason, I was like, you're you're right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I look at myself, I'm like, shit, should I have changed my mind? I should have fought that back or whatever. But everything happens for a reason. And, you know, taking marketing and sales at BCID happened for a reason. Getting sales experience, getting management experience, all those things I leverage in my career now to the best ability. And maybe I couldn't have been the same realtor I am today that I would have been at 19. And that's where, you know, things just kind of, I'm a true believer in things happen for a reason. And that's where the fucking around kind of <laughs> leads to finding out in your thirties. <laughs> that is so good. I love that story. And also, I don't know if you clued in, but the fact that your roommates, was it brother-in-law, like helped you out? Yeah. Uh, my best friend's brother-in-law right so So fourth line connection there it is right there one of your best friends bringing in (laughs) sort of like a mentor didn't even realize it honest didn't even realize it yeah and and since then that mentor has been like I always joke like he's my Miyagi he's like my real estate (laughs) Miyagi and I'm like the karate kid like he's guided me through everything and like and because of that like I'm super loyal to that you know Mm -hmm. and um, and when you talk about before, you had mentioned like team environment is very much what, um, you know, we thrive fun, in the yeah. generator. It's like, well, I'm on a real estate team, shameless plug at the McNabb, follow <laughs> us on Instagram. But it's like, that's where I thrive because I yeah. like to shoot ideas back and forth. It also helps kind of just brainstorm and working in a team environment. Just that's where I get the energy. So cool. Um, you also have <clears throat> in human design, this is really specific, but I remember you have um the channel of transmission, which is also called the channel of the salesman. So <laughs> like another just another oh, salesman though, you know? Like it is known that's the slang, and I have it too, so don't worry. <laughs> but like uh I remember just being like, no way he has this channel because you are you're so good at um presenting information and like not in a a gross like car salesman way don't worry but it definitely I can see that so a channel in human design is like a gift I can see that gift in you especially when you're doing the things that you love like real real estate right yeah and I've even had like friends or even Holly say like oh like just a salesman eh?" and it's like I've just been just talking like I don't even realize that I'm either pitching an idea or like hey we should go to this place because of this reason you know or like hey we should do this because of this or whatever it is and it's like they'll be like oh my god and now i'm negotiating with huntley all the freaking time i'm like creating a little freaking monster because he's like negotiating fruit loops over cheerios and cheerios with milk or without milk and it's he's a tough bargain and i'm softy when it comes to him so you know i lose that negotiation nine times out of ten so good that's so good and actually even though we're saying this now I'm thinking back to when we were teenagers I felt like you were even pitching all of the things that you liked like it was like hey this song this you know like I like this brand I like whatever like you were constantly trying to connect your people with your things (laughs) I would like burn CDs for mini me who is like if for the people and listeners who don't know my best friend 
Uh, it was my neighbor growing up. I've known him since he was pretty much born. Um, and he's five years younger than me. And we'd be playing out front. My mom nicknamed him Mini. He's like, it's like a mini you. It's like a mini me. <laughs> and it's like stuck with him for now, like 25 years that like when I introduce him to my buddies, it's mini me and people don't even know his real name. So <laughs> it's like. Yes. Uh, and you probably had to like all your stuff in order for you to. Well, yeah. that's it. So like I've heard him CDs, like, here you go. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, and now he brings it up and chirps me about some of the songs I put on there and whatever. But, you know, I was trying to push, you know, 99 red balloons on him thinking, hey, this is a good song. You should be you should be pumping this song over next door. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And it's so nice because you guys are still best friends today. So that's really it's cool. Um, can I ask about your mom and how she always like helped you with the real estate thing? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 hundred percent. I remember some story about your mom putting something on the fridge. Yeah, yeah. So she she was always like encouraging me. Like I used to, you know, in my later teens, maybe a little bit of a shit disturber. So she was always trying to steer me in the right direction. And when she saw like that passion behind real estate, she was like, "Yeah, chase this." Like. And she was always a good motivator. And, you know, even throughout growing up in sports, um, she was always very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she did was she took a real estate ad from the newspaper, put a put my cut out a picture of my face, put it on the realtor's body and put that ad up on our fridge. And it's yeah. like, you know, and now Holly makes fun of me because I put quotes up around our house all the yeah. freaking time and stuff just as like, you know, affirmations or things for motivation. But she put it up on the fridge to help motivate me. And, you know, I look back on that point in time and, you know, every, like I said before, everything happens for a reason. I, I Maybe I didn't get the real estate license there, but that ad and that vision of that ad is so like clear to me, like, mm-hmm. I can take myself back to that moment in time and seeing that ad for the very first time. And it's like, it's given me goosebumps even just thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a, a big driving force of like my motivation of like, I think my mom knew at that point in time that like, that was like, I was destined to do that. Like that was yeah. my dream. That's where she saw maybe that passion and that happiness um, and wanted to motivate me to get there. Um, unfortunately my mom never saw me become a realtor, but that's where, um, you know, every day it's just like, I aim to make her proud, you know, yeah. like I'm, I, I'm here, uh, I I'm living the dream. And sometimes I, you know, we take advantage of the positions that we're in, or we forget about like the days where I, like, I wish I was a realtor. Like, Oh my, I'd give anything to do that. Like, and it's just, I stop and I like to reflect sometimes and like think about those moments where it's like, wow, like I am here, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, you know, I, and I am grateful for my mom doing things like that. And even if she's not, you know, present or physically here now, it's like, she's still the driving force. She's still the motivator. And, you know, as uh, spiritual as it is, it's like, you know, I do believe that maybe Holly was sent to me at that point in time to help kind of give me that extra push to chase that dream and then I do feel like a a constant support from a you know a greater existence Mm -hmm. as far as like whenever I'm maybe doubting something or you know whatever the case may be like she or whatever is is looking out for me and is like no you are definitely Mm -hmm. on the right track (laughs) keep going you know I was a mama's boy and always wanting to you know make your mom happy or proud and it's like 
that is the biggest driving force into continuing to grow to be better human too, not mm-hmm. just a better realtor, right? You can get caught up in things like that and where work can suck up most of your days. And it's what she also provided in that example of putting the newspaper was like how to be a good parent, how to be a good mom. Like when you see something in your, in your kid that they're passionate about, like how to properly channel and motivate it, you know, whether she knows it or not, it's, it's resonated me for like all these years and will continue to push. So, you know, when I'm have moments with Huntley, it's like, I'm trying to think about how can I leave marks like that for him? So that way, like, even when I'm not physically here, because we never know when our time's done that he knows that like my hands on his back, and I'm supporting him through whatever journey he ends up going down in life. Um, and essentially, it's just, like you said, the connections of the people around you is kind of what forces you to be that, you know, that light in the room or that, mm-hmm. you know, that aligned with the generator kind of uh, human design. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> if you're listening and you don't have goosebumps, like I can't relate. <laughs> um <laughs> mama jay is definitely here and she's with you and she knows all the things like so special and actually literally knowing you since you were eight years old you were a mama's boy i can confirm (laughs) (laughs) very fair yeah yeah but it was actually so special to witness because i can even think about it now like it wasn't mama's boy in um in a disrespectful way. Like, I really feel like you guys had such a cute, playful relationship. She thought, you know, the sun shone out your butt and you were (laughs) her, her little light. And you guys joked around a lot together. And it was just like, kind of like a mutual friendship from the get go. And again, that's something to do with your fourth line. Fourth line kids do well with their parents when they have sort of a friendship type relationship with them. I'm a fourth line as well. And I'm like that with both my parents. And that's how I feel most comfortable, you know, like inside jokes and just sort of that friendly relationship. And it's so special that that kinship that you two had from early on translated into such a gift that kind of lives on beyond her being here and that she believed in you. Like, I think you know, this podcast, we talk a lot about parenting and what a beautiful example of her giving you confidence and just being that support that like, hey, I know you can, you will. Here it is. Look, you're this guy on the fridge. (laughs) And like, and as clear as you said it right there, it's like never really kind of like resonated with me that clearly, if it makes, if that makes sense. Hindsight's 2020. Like it couldn't, right? Totally. Yes. To to share a side funny story. Well, I thought it was kind of funny, but to you know, to give a little sh- shine, a little light on the relationship between my mom and myself, I was telling um, Holly and Holly's grandma, my grandma in law. She lives with us as well. So cute. Uh, she's so cute. <laughs> she's adorable. Yeah. We we love Gigi. And uh, <laughs> so I was telling them, I was like, yeah, like my mom and her friend would go for walks, and like my bedroom window growing up faced the street, and like when they'd meet up. I'd moon them out the window <laughs> and they were like, they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I would just stick my butt against the glass. And they're like, how old were you? And I was like, I don't know, like 12, <laughs> like maybe eight to 12. Like, I don't know. Like, it was like, I, 
it wasn't just like I did it at one age. Like I continued to like moon them on occasion when I felt like it was appropriate or like, <laughs> and like, obviously I'd get the, Oh my God, Daniel. Or like, you know, like the reaction, but like, maybe I did it cause I thought they like, they also laughed and like, whatever, just like, <laughs> I don't know. But I told Holly and Gigi that story the other day. They were looking at me like, what the hell went on in that household? <laughs> You're mooning your mom? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm dying also because I know your mom's friend that she would walk with. So and they would <laughs> I know they would both think that's hysterical. Good oh my god, I'm <laughs> crying. It's so funny. But it's funny because that was the vibe. Like, not that it was that crass all the time, but just like you, it was playful and it was fun. Like, I remember when I used to go visit, like, we'd hang out with your mom a lot. Like, totally. you know, your teenagers in their house. So <laughs> there's yeah. no other place, no other place to be. But like, it was not, it was never like a burden to be around Jan. She was just like such a special, um, joyful funny person and she'd always like make jokes about herself and definitely you know that sense of humor of yours came from somewhere so (laughs) I didn't come from my dad I'll tell you that but (laughs) (laughs) she was definitely very much that that way of like easy to be in the presence and like yeah just always dealt with like I guess left what I thought was my bullshit or my antics but just like my joking around and like Mm -hmm. yeah I think uh she really enjoyed it (laughs) she did like she thought you were so funny that's so hilarious I'm gonna tell my dad that mooning story he'll probably listen but he's like the ultimate mooner still is like like you know literally I remember I was six so he was what in his 30s like mooning his 80 year old grandma as they're driving away from our house yes come on so it's funny (laughs) so good nothing honestly like puts people in a better mood than a laugh like that like what a clearing that's hilarious speaking of your dad every time i the two-handed handshake i every time i do it i think dino every time (laughs) and like i don't know if you we just did a video called the realtor workout and we did like an exercise called firm handshakes and it was like you know, with two hands, and every time it was Dino. Dino. <laughs> yeah. Him and my dad had a, a joke about that backstory. My dad always told him you had to do like the double handshake. Is that what it was? Yeah, the double yeah. hander. You put the one hand in, but you give a nice little support with the second hand. Right. It's comforting. It's showing people, <laughs> I'm here to support you. I'm friendly. We're essentially hand hugging. I should do that. I have really small hands. So no matter what, like my handshake is pathetic, like always because people are shocked at how small my hands are, number one. And then I'm like <laughs> trying just too hard to make it firm. And it's probably not anyways. So I should double it. You're like, hey, I'm still <laughs> COVID. I don't yeah. handshake anymore. <laughs> do you like... have sanitizer? No, none of that. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to be mindful of time. This, I haven't been mindful of time, I should say. So... <laughs> I think what we'll do, I feel like I've covered all of the things that I had wrote down about your chart and and then some. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. But I also want to finish on sort of a rapid fire, this or that, and then maybe just a couple quick questions at the end, if you're cool with that. Ooh, I like a little rapid fire. This is where we're going to give your (laughs) gut instinct a workout. Okay, Okay, well. Get that sacral ready. 
Let's let's uh let's hear it. Okay, loosen my shoulders. Let's go. All right. Mountains or beach? Beach. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pizza or tacos? Both can be vegan. I know you're vegan. Pizza. Okay. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee all day. I mean, like I wrote that one. And I was like, I already know the answer. Okay, then side, is it hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. Okay. I do treat myself to the ice, though. Here, yeah. Afternoon in the summer. Nothing better. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the coffee. That's that is. when that <laughs> You need okay. the morning time hot. That's when the yeah. coffee hits you the hardest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right <laughs> to the veins, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, vacation or staycation? Vacation. Passenger or driver? Driver. Um. Oh, what did I write here? What's my? Oh yeah. Do you like to attend a party or host a party? And I'm not talking Holly. Holly does all the. No, I'm not saying Holly does all the work, and then you get to show up. I'm saying you're hosting full full board. Holly attend. (laughs) Attend a party that Holly's maybe hosted at my own home. (laughs) I love it. She's a manifesting generator, so she covers all the bases. I'm sure she's a great host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Are you okay with sharing food or not sharing food? I'll share food all day. Yeah. Okay. Android <laughs> Android or iPhone? iPhone all day. I know. We're, we're old millennials, so we're all iPhoneers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I need to see the blue message. I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly okay the last few aren't this or that but they're just general questions what is currently on your nightstand Mm, my kindle i feel wrong asking that after our weird encounter um story (laughs) (laughs) what is in the nightstand drawer uh what else you got in your bedroom um no uh kindle it's gonna sound bad what's on there but it's like (laughs) I actually cleaned off the plates that I ate food off last night, but there's a bottle of moisturizer for like yep, naturally. Mas- massaging Holly's feet. Okay, en- enough, enough. Uh, <laughs> a Robin toy figurine from Batman and Robin that I think Huntley got me from the grocery store or him and Holly brought it for me. And so that's on there. Yeah. And my and my Kindle. And your Kindle. So you're an ebook reader. Yes, and I've been pounding through books and switching yeah. to a kid. Nice. Okay, last two were like a little bit more serious, okay. but not too bad. What's something that like daily you're craving, like you're thinking about attaining, you're wanting, it's on your mind? I really want to have a tropical uh, property in a tropical spot to either mm-hmm. Airbnb, but also have as a family spot that... On Boxing Day, we can go down for two weeks, spend vacation time there. But like, I would really—I don't know when it'll happen, but that's something that I'm like, I really want that. Like, that's I really so want cool. to have a—you know—a family cabin would be nice. But at the same time, it's like I want that mountains or beach. I want yeah. that beach. Yeah, I want that tropical beach. Yeah, I don't care if it's like I can only go there once a year, or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's probably something that's like on my mind on the daily. I love that. Okay, law of attraction. Pull it in. Pull it in, man. That's so good. Totally. Okay, last question. I want to hear one hope for your for you for the future, aside from a vacation home. What's something that you're hopeful for? (laughs) Just as much family time as I can get. 
you know, as much as I love what I do for a living as being a realtor, I love my family time so much, man. Like, um, it's my one hope is that I can be in a spot where I'm financially stable and comfortable enough that I don't have to work a whole ton and still provide opportunity for my son and future kids if there are any and for my wife to explore and for us to kind of explore any kind of avenues that we we want to as far as like you know if my if the kids want to try something I want to make sure that they can go ahead and try whatever they want to go ahead and try Mm -hmm. um but essentially my one hope is to get to a point where I have assets paying for passive income. It sounds I am laughing because it feels like it's such a distant thing to have. (laughs) But it's like, if I could work my way to one thing, it would be to have kind of assets paying for passive income to alleviate the need to spend time working and spending that time with family where I get my true joy from. Some freedom. Yeah, totally. That's it. I think that's, we as humans, it's what we all want. It's probably a little freedom. Agreed. Well, Dan, thank you so much. I I love all aspects of your story. I mean, I know it well, so I was leading the witness with my questions. But but I I really appreciate you sharing and I, I think it's really insightful for people to hear just an example of somebody who not because you forced it, but just naturally trusted yourself enough to live in a way that is really aligned for you and your energetic makeup. And because of that, I want people to know where they can find you. And I want you to plug or say anything else that you feel you need to say. Okay, I appreciate it. And I want to say thank you for having me on and, you know, giving me the time to kind of share a little bit of my life and how kind of generators operate. You can find me on Instagram at Dan William Edwards, TikTok at Dano Edwards, email is Dano at the McNabs. M-A-C. M-A-C-N-A-B-S dot com. Um, Please, if anybody ever has questions about real estate, don't ever hesitate to uh, text me, message me, email me, fax me, page me, whatever you want to do to get a hold of me. I'm always just happy to help people out. That's why I've got into it. Um, and further, another shameless plug, if you know who any, anyone who's looking to buy or sell real estate, if you refer them to me and they successfully buy or sell, I'll give you 500 bucks. Spoken like a true salesman. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to. That's so good. Well, that's, uh, yeah, Holly's always like, I hate to be like <laughs> salesy or like ask people for the business. Like sometimes you just slide into conversations that you're a realtor with like, out leaving like a you know it feeling weird she's like i just can't do that like go around and like tell people like hey buy this or sell you know like i'm just like ah she has her own gifts yeah she has her own gifts her own way of delivering information that makes people stop and listen for sure totally well hopefully when you uh when you have her on maybe people can see how Yeah, we can get the other side of the story, you know? We can get the Holly version of what's going down over there. She'll be like, she'll be like, I don't know what happened since that podcast, (laughs) but he's been mooning me and Gigi ever since. (laughs) I I encouraged. Yeah. I encouraged you way too much. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so if Dino's doing it when he's like 50, (laughs) then it's like socially acceptable for people to do. Okay, I'll pick back up Mooney. 
did a monster. Oh my god. I'm so sorry, Holly and Huntley. Like my apologies. GG, I'm real, real sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, so funny. Okay, well, Dan, for everything that you do and all that you are, thank you for raising the room. Bye. Thank you so much for spending your precious time here with me today. If you'd like more, please follow along at raise.the.room on both Instagram and TikTok. Or you can go to my website, danicamarie.com. That's Danica with a C. Here you can book a human design session with me for you or your child, or you can get one of my human design parenting courses that helps you understand your child's human design type. They're designed to help you work with the child you have instead of against them. And finally, if you're still here, this would be the point where I'd ask you to rate and review the podcast, except just saying it out loud makes me want to die. So instead, I'll say, please share with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. And finally, let's always remember that with all that you have to offer, you will always raise the room. Can't wait to chat soon. Bye.